Welcome to the Lord's house today. We're so glad that you're here. We welcome you. And we've got a good word for you today. If you're walking, watching online, we're glad you're here. We welcome you. Thank you for allowing us to come into your home or wherever you're watching. And those of you who are here today, I've got a word that I'm believing is going to challenge you and going to stir you. And we've seen it's amazing how that God orchestrates and puts everything together. As I was uh, talking in, in, in this week, as the Lord was just speaking in my heart on this scripture. And then we get here today and the songs we sing goes right along with it. And then when I talked about what I was going to preach today in prayer, uh, Brother Cody said, that's what I'm teaching on Wednesday night. And so we know that we're right in line uh, with what God wants to do. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Zechariah, chapter number four and verse number six. In just a moment, I'm going to read it to you. But if you have it there, you can look along with me. But today I want to talk to you about not by might nor by power. How are you trying to live your life? How are you trying to overcome your problems and your obstacles? How are you trying to deal with your family or with your health or with your finances? How are you trying to deal with your children? Sometimes we try in the wrong ways and it causes frustration. Are you frustrated today at how your life is going? Are you frustrated with where you're at in your walk with God? Are you frustrated in your job or your marriage or your home? Today I want to talk to you and I pray that the Spirit of God will reach down and touch your heart. And at the end of this service, we're going to see God do some miracles in our life. Zechariah chapter number 4 and verse number 6 says this. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord. Everybody say the word of the Lord. This is not just my word to you today. This is the word of the Lord speaking to your heart. This was the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. But I'm telling you today, you can put your name in that spot. I want us to read it again. And I want you to put your name in. In that scripture right there. Instead of Zerubbabel, you say your name. Okay, you ready? This is the word of the Lord to Samuel. So this is the word of the Lord to your heart. So open your ears to hear. And what did the Spirit of the Lord say? He said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Now let me just give you for a moment an overview of the book of Zechariah. Zechariah is one of the minor prophets. If you look at all of the minor prophets, you could pretty much just right above each one of them return. Because their message was a message of returning to the Lord. Because Israel had left its relationship. Despite the warning after warning of do not follow other gods. Do not forget God that brought you out of Egypt. They did. They begin to worship idols. They begin to do their own thing. They begin to forget what God had done and where he brought them from. And so God declared it. Jeremiah predicted it, that they would go into exile for 70 years. 
And we come into Zechariah, and this is the end of the 70 years. They're coming back to the land. And people are beginning to want to return. There's a, there's a, there is a king and a, a Joshua, the high priest, and they're wanting to rebuild the temple. And God is going to use Joshua and going to use Zerubbabel to make this happen. But in the beginning, as things are happening, their, their cart cry is, can we return? Is, how long is trouble going to last? How long do I have to go through this? How long is my bondage going to be? How long is this sickness going to last? How long am I going to have trouble in my marriage? How long is my kids going to be crazy? How long is it going to be before things in my life work out? And the people were crying out for hope. God to begin to speak to Zechariah through dreams and visions. And as you read those chapters, first 1 through 7, you see so many dreams and visions. And God is speaking to Zechariah. And He's showing them the sin. And what led them into captivity. But how God was going to restore them. And if they would return to following God. If they would return to their true love. If they would leave their idols, how God would restore them. God showed him a lot of things on how it would happen and who would help. And he began to declare unto them, restoration's coming. I'm here to declare to you today, not doom and gloom. I'm here to declare to you today, restoration is coming. Healing is coming. Victory is coming. Joy is coming. Healing is coming. Come on, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Anybody ready for some joy? You've been tired of sadness. You've been tired of depression. You're ready, amen, to have some joy in your life. I'm telling you today, everything that you have tried and failed, I'm going to give you the key to victory today. So here we have this description of how we're going to do it. And God is going to raise up a man named Zerubbabel. And he is going to come and he's going to be instrumental in rebuilding the temple. All throughout history, for the, for the Israelites, the Jews, the temple has just been a focal point of their relationship with God. It was where that they came. It's where they met God. It's where they worshiped God. I wish we would put as much reverence and honor into our churches, into the house of God that they did. But you know what? Sometimes we just, because there's a street church on every corner, uh, we don't take, we take it for granted and we don't appreciate what we have. But for the Jews, many times their temple, their place of worship was destroyed. And right now, as me and Amy this last year were in Israel with many of you, you saw as we went to the Wailing Wall, that, that one part that's left of the temple, that closest part that they can go and worship. And the Jews all, you ever wonder why they always wear black? It's because they're in mourning for the destruction of the temple. And they're hoping and believing once again, one day, it will be rebuilt. And it will in the end time. But here in this era, in this time, it has been destroyed and they're believing and God is going to raise up a man and they're going to begin to rebuild. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a big job. It's going to take work. It's not going to come without a fight. Nothing in life is easy. Anything that's worth something is worth fighting for. 
Your marriage is worth fighting for. Your children are worth fighting for. Your health is worth fighting for. Your future, you're the call of God on your life. It's worth fighting for. But sometimes we feel like we're losing the fight. We give up. Sometimes it feels hopeless and helpless. And you just need somebody to come along. And the word of the Lord. Here's a man that has a big job to do. And he's wondering how I'm going to do it. Have you ever wondered how you're going to do what God is calling you to do? You see the work. You know what needs to be done. You know what your family needs. You know what your marriage needs. You know what your children needs. You know what you have financial needs. But you just don't know how you're going to do it. I'm telling you, the first thing is just to know there's a need. And then come to the place and the point that you're willing to say, Lord, here I am. Use me to meet the need. And then God will give you the strength and the ability and he'll give you a plan. But there's so many times that we see the need. And we know there's a plan. But we try to do it the wrong way. Let's just talk for a minute about the wrong way. How many have ever tried to do it the wrong way? Yeah. How can it be done? So many times we ask, how? Remember when the angel of the Lord overshadowed Mary and the spirit of the Lord spoke to her and said, you're going to be with child and you're going to have the, the, the savior of the world. And Mary said, how can this be? Man, we know that there's a big plan, but Lord, how can it be? Well, first of all, I want to tell you how it won't work. Because he said here, when the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Zerubbabel, he said, first of all, it's not by might. Everybody say might. What does the word might mean? It means power to do something. Force. Anybody ever tried to force something? You ever put a key in the door and it didn't really work and so you forced it? What happened? It broke. Most of the time when we force things, we break them instead of making them better. We try to force it with our own strength. We, we, we want to have the power, the authority. We rise up and we say, man, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this in my name. Reminds me of the... Young man in the book of Acts that saw the disciples casted out devils. And he said, oh, I can do that. And so he went over and found him a man with a devil. And he tried to cast that devil out. And the devil said, now listen, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but I don't know you. And that man jumped on him and beat him up, stripped him naked, and he ran away ashamed. When you try to do things in your strength, you fail. That word might also means resources. So many times we think, oh, I can do this. I got it. I got the money. I've got the talent. I've got the ability. I've got the good looks. I've got the education. I'm telling you, there's no amount of resources and money can fix the problem in this world. Now, money can do some things. You know, they say money can't buy happiness. But man... It can buy me a car so I don't have to walk. It can pay my light bill so I can see. It can buy me some food so my my tummy's full. Come on. It can can help me go on vacation. It can help me pay my tithe. So no money can't buy happiness. But it sure can buy the things that make me happy. How many know it takes money? 
It takes resources to do what God's called you to do. But if you're relying on the resources to do it, you're going to fail. Because I don't have enough money to do everything that needs to be done. It also means bodily strength. Mm. How strong are you today? Yeah. See, we, we want to rely. Sometimes we, we think, man, I'm strong. I can do that. Pastor Elias this week, he thought he was strong enough to pick up a big heavy something out of the back of his truck. That's why he's sitting down today. We need to pray, Lord, heal his back. I'm declaring it today in Jesus' name. So in our, in our strength sometimes, we try to do things that's bigger than we can do and we end up hurting ourselves. We don't have the might. We don't have the power. We don't have the energy or the intensity. I'm telling you, we can fight a little bit on our own, but we don't have the intensity it's going to take to endure long enough to do everything God's called us to do. And that last description of might is military might. We think, well, you know, if I can't do it, then I can get all my friends together and we'll get us a, a band of brothers and we'll, we'll go to war and we'll fight this thing. But the Bible declared to Zerubbabel, if you're going to make a difference, if you're going to do something great for God, it's not going to happen by your might. By your strength, your power, your ability, your intelligence, your finances, and your military might. We look at uh, Gideon, when he was going to, God called him to help lead the army to fight. And he had a great army. And God said, no, 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 that's too many. And he cut him down and cut him down and cut him down to 300. And he got to, what, 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 what are you doing, Lord? I need a lot of people. Listen, if, you, if we took a lot of people, we would say we did it. But see, God wanted to get the glory. So he just used a few that didn't try to do it in their own strength. But said, Lord, we rely on you. And God brought a great miracle and a great victory. You see, when you rely on his strength, the Bible declares that in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. But we're always trying to be strong. And when we're trying to be strong, we're not allowing his strength to fill us. It's when we realize and we declare, Lord, I am weak, but you are strong. We let his strength work through us and great things are accomplished. So he told Zerubbabel, number one, it's not by might. And then number two, he said, nor by power. Now these, these, these words sound a lot alike and they have a lot of similarities, but there are some differences. He said, it's not by might nor by power. Power, the ability or right to control people or things. How many has ever tried to fix something by trying to control it? Some of you are trying to control your husband and it ain't working. Some of you are trying to control your wife and Lord, it's not working. Some of you trying to control your children. <laughs> How's that working for you? We try to control we, because, because we want to do it. Lord, I'm going to fix this. You can't. Listen, the only way you can change somebody is if they're wearing a diaper. Other than that, you can't change them. But there's hope. 
You say, wait a minute, Pastor, you're telling me I can't. No, 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 no. You can't change within your power. You don't have the authority. You don't have the ability. And you don't have the right to control them. So you've been trying to control things that you have no right controlling, no authority to control. But when you take your hands off of it and you put them in God's hands, that's when miracles begin to take place. It's not by power. It's not by the ability to control. It's not by, come on, listen to me, political control. The answer to the world's problems is not politics. It's not one side or the other. Amen. It, the answer is Jesus Christ. Amen. It's when God raises up. Amen. A standard of righteousness and holiness in a nation. Amen. But the Bible declares. Amen. We're not going to fix all the problems in the world. But I'm telling you, I know one who can. And he doesn't start with military might. He starts with the individual in the hearts and the lives of people. You see, Jesus died for people. He loves the world. Everybody in the world. And He loves them so much that He wants to live within their heart. But we look at them and we go, they're messed up. They're wrong. I'm right. I need to fix them. And so then we begin to try to do it by our might. With our resources, with our intellect, with our thinking, with our work. And then we would try to control them. And, and then we try to fix them. And, and then we say, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll legislate. And, and we'll do this and we do that. And I believe as an American, it has our God-given right in America to vote. So Tuesday, get in line. Vote. Cast your... There's so many propositions on the ballot that need to be answered. There's things you need to do. Pray. Ask God. Hey, who is going to represent the, the, the kingdom of God? Who is going to lift up righteousness and cast your vote? But I'm telling you, when you cast your vote, you don't walk away and trust all in the politician. We've got to put our trust in Jesus. I can't fix it. I can't control it. I don't have the power. But I know one who does. So I can't do things by power, by political control. I I don't have the organization. I don't have the influence. I don't have the ability to act or produce or affect change. Now, I can live righteous. I can teach my children to live righteous. I can begin to make a difference and effect in my world. But sometimes, I can't even help myself. We're worried about helping and changing everybody else when we can't even change ourselves. We can't change our thoughts and our disabilities and our stinking thinking and our depression and our sadness and our guilt and our shame. And we're trying to compensate and we try to control ourselves. I'm not going to think that way anymore. I'm not going to act that way anymore. I'm not going to take that anymore. I'm not going to drink that anymore. I'm not going to watch that anymore. And we try to control ourselves and we fail every time. That leads us into more guilt and more shame. Because victory does not come by might. And it doesn't come 
by power. So if those two things do not work, what will work? Somebody say, what will work, pastor? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. Because the word of the Lord, I've got a word from the Lord for you today. You already declared it. You put your name in that place. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. I'm speaking to somebody today. The Lord is speaking to somebody today. You've tried everything. You've given up hope. But today, put your trust in Jesus. It's His Spirit. It's His anointing. It's His power that's going to break every chain of habits and addiction and sin. It's His love that's going to reach down and pick you up when you're lost. Hallelujah. What have you done to try to move the mountain? Because the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel and said, It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And then that next verse says, Who are you? Everybody say, Who? Have you ever wondered who it is that's causing all this trouble? Who are you, O great mountain? Isn't it amazing that when we have a problem, it seems bigger than it really is? You see, when you have a... It's amazing. When you have a problem, it's a mountain. But when somebody else has a problem, it's just a little molehill. We can see over their problem, but man, we can't see over ours. There's things in our life that are truly mountains. They're big. We can't overcome them. We can't climb them. We can't tunnel through them. We can't go around them. So what do we do? The Bible declared who? What is your mountain? What is standing before you? What is causing you trouble? What is causing that depression? What is causing that anxiety? What is it in your marriage? What is it in your children? What is it in your finances that you look at and go, that's too big for me? And you you stand at the base and you look up in awe. But I'm telling you today, instead of telling God how big your mountain is, let's begin to tell our mountain how big our God is. We stand at the base of our mountain and we begin to declare, Thus saith the Lord, whoever this mountain is, however how big it is, the Bible says, I will bring it down as a plain. Like the flat desert out in West Texas. You can see for miles. I'm telling you, God can make your mountain, amen, into a flat plain. He can cause it to sink right into the ground. He can break it apart. Amen. God is able to give you victory, not by your mind, not by your authority, but by His Spirit. It's the Spirit of God working in the heart of man. That brings transformation. We've got to let the Spirit of God work in our life. Let the Spirit of God reach into your marriage 
and restore the love. Help you to forgive one another. Help you to embrace one another. Help you to get over the past and begin to build a future. We've got to allow. We can't do it in ourselves. We remember and we regret and we're angry. And, and But when the Spirit of God comes in and we have that unconditional love and we've been forgiven, then we can forgive others. We can look at our children and see their bad choices and many of them are out in the world and away from God and addicted to drugs and so many of them maybe you don't even know where they're at or what they're doing they're so far away from how you raised them and you think how God how can it happen but I'm telling you it's not going to happen by your complaining or griping or your nagging at them to go to church I'm telling you you've got to put them in the hands of God and allow His Spirit to begin to deal with their heart and no matter where they're at the Spirit of God can break them the Spirit of God can draw them The Spirit of God can reach out and love them and bring them back to their relationship. Today, maybe you're dealing with sickness in your body. You've tried. You've tried all the the different plans and the things and you've done this and that and I thank God for doctors and I thank God for medicine but I'm telling you there is a great physician that declared by my stripes you were healed. When he died on the cross he took those stripes on his back for your healing and today whatever sickness you're dealing with if you'll allow the Spirit of God to feel you he will heal you. He can not only heal your body, but the Bible declares He's the healer of the brokenhearted. Are you broken today? Have you been wronged? Has someone turned their back on you? Betrayed you? You feel alone and lost? I'm telling you today, the Spirit of God. When Jesus left, He said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send the Holy Spirit. He's the comforter. The Holy Spirit comes and He comforts us and He gives us strength and He holds us. We just sang it this morning. Amen. There's a God who loves us. Come on. We come into His presence. The Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You need liberty today and you haven't found it in all of your own efforts, but you can find it in the Spirit of God. Your finances. He said, I would that you prosper and be in health. But I'm telling you, the Bible declares it is God who gives us the power to gain wealth. If you're trying to do it on your own, you'll do it the wrong way. You'll use people. You'll do things that are wrong. And I'm telling you, there's no good night's sleep when you get money the wrong way. But the Bible declares when God blesses you, amen, the God, He give us wealth and He addeth no sorrow. When you know you've worked hard and you got it honestly, you can lay your head on your pillow and you can sleep. And then you honor God with your tithe and your offering and then God takes your part and He multiplies it to meet your need. It doesn't make sense on paper. You can't figure it out. But by the Spirit of God, it's miraculous. And God blesses His people. And then, there's so many, but I'm going to end with this one. With people. There's so many times that we've allowed people 
co-workers and friends and neighbors or family or whoever it is. There's people that we see that have needs and problems and we've tried to fix them. We've tried to control them. We've tried to change them. And I'm telling you this morning, we don't have the patience, the time, the resources, the authority. We don't have it. But the Spirit of God can reach into the hearts of people and change them. Today, put people in God's hands. Stop griping. Stop complaining. Stop being bitter. We're not angry with people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We're fighting an adversary, the devil. It's not people. Don't get caught up in this political uh, uh, arena, in this circus that's going on. Come on, don't get sidetracked. Listen, cast your vote and then pray for all of them. The Bible says pray for those... That have rule over you. If you're just praying for one side. You're praying wrong. We pray for all those. Who have leadership over us. As the people. We cast our vote. And then we pray. And we allow the spirit of God. To move in our land. To work mightily. To heal and deliver and set free and bring freedom. Stop trying to change things in your own strength. And let God change things. Amen? God can do it. God can use you. He used Moses. Moses was put in a basket. He was really the first basket case. Put in a basket and floated in the Nile River and... Then the Pharaoh's daughter pulled him out. That's his name, Moses, drawn out. But he had a purpose and a calling to be a deliverer. But he killed an Egyptian and now he's on the run. And now he's on the backside of the desert. And now he has a speech impediment. And God speaks to him and said, I've called you to go and deliver my people. And Moses began to stutter. And he said, I can't. He had inadequacies. He, he had flaws. He had guilt. He had problems from his past. But God said, I'm telling you, if you will just Go. I'm not asking you to do miracles. I'm not asking you to deliver people. I'm just asking you to go tell Pharaoh and I'll do the rest. That's all God's asking. is for you to speak the word. For you to give that person to the Lord. For you to declare the love of Jesus. For you to just be obedient. And the Lord said, I'll do the work. God used Moses. Amen. He cast his stick down, turned into a snake. He used that same rod to stretch over the Red Sea and it opened up. Amen. God can use flawed people if they're just obedient. Because it's not you, it's his spirit in you. God used Jacob. Jacob, a deceiver, a supplanter, a schemer. But God had a plan for his life. And you know what? Even though he did those things, then he got done that way. Listen, when you do folks wrong... Don't be surprised when people do you wrong. When we act ugly and talk ugly and do things, don't, don't, don't feel, don't be surprised when that's what you get back. We've got to begin to change our nature, change our character. You say, Pastor, how do we do that? You can't. But the Spirit of God can. One night, Jacob wrestled with God. And he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And the angel touched his thigh and knocked his hip out of place. And you know what God did? Changed his name to Israel. 
prince with God. Oh, don't you want you, your character to be changed from a deceiver into a prince with God? It don't happen without a fight. And it doesn't happen within your own power. It's when the Spirit of God touches your life. You're a changed man or woman. And then we have one more. Oh, the Bible's full of them. Imperfect people, flawed people. But when the Spirit of God moved on their heart, supernatural things happened. We have Saul, a persecutor of Christians, hated Christians, out to, to put Christians in prison. But on his way, the Spirit of God showed up. I'm telling you, you've got people right now in your family. You know people. They're on their way. They're up to no good. They're running swift to evil. But I'm telling you, the Spirit of God. Mama, keep praying for that child. Husband, pray for that wife. Wife, pray for that husband. Come on. Because no matter where they're at, the Spirit of God can reach them. And the Spirit of God knocked him to the ground and blinded him and spoke to him and changed his life. And Saul became Paul. And because of Paul, amen, we have so much of the New Testament. We have so much, amen, about Christ and how to live and how to love and how to serve. And he had trouble. He had shipwreck and abuse and pain and suffering and prison. But in all of it, he didn't try to do things in his own spirit. He said, God, I need you. God anointed him and he rode and God blessed him. I'm telling you, God will bless your life when you give your heart to Christ. God will bless you when you surrender all of your life to Christ. God will deliver you when you give your habits and addictions to Christ. You're never going to stop what you're doing by saying, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. You're going to do it before you get to your car. But when the Spirit of God comes into your life and transforms you, the Spirit of God can take that habit and that addiction. The Spirit of God can change your spouse. The Spirit of God can reach your children. Don't stop believing. Don't stop praying. But stop trying to do it all by yourself because you're tired, you're frustrated, you're depressed and discouraged and you say it can't be done. But I'm telling you today, it can be done by the Spirit of God. Can I get a big amen? Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap today.